Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. This is Straightforward with Miss B, episode number 62. And I want to thank all of you for continuing to join us. Well, join me, however. Um, but as we always do, let's chill, sit back, relax, grab your vices, and let's get straight to it. What's been going on, people? It's been about a good three weeks since um I uh, published the last podcast. Hopefully, you good people have enjoyed it. Um, I have been on vacation. You know, sometimes you just really need to take a break. You need to relax, enjoy yourself, especially go somewhere. You know, explore a different scenery which is what I did. Um, this time around, normally for my birthday, I love to travel, of course, but <clears throat> and I'm normally going to some Caribbean island because I enjoy the water. The ocean is definitely a happy place for me. Um, however, this year, you know, I'm kind of in my nature girl era, and I wanted to go somewhere I had never been before, um, I've been on the West Coast a um, couple times, San Diego, Los Angeles. I believe I've been, like, to Inglewood. Of course, I've been to Las Vegas a couple of times, um, Texas. Um, and this time, I definitely wanted to head a little bit up north. Um, so, yeah, I vacationed in the Pacific Northwest. I got the opportunity to visit um, the great state of Oregon. Um, I was in Portland for a couple of days. A friend of mine was there for work, so I decided to meet her out there um, for like a, a day or two, and then I headed over to Seattle. Um, but let me go. Let me jump back real quick to Portland. Tell you a funny story, and th th this is going to kind of segue into some other things that we're going to get into today. Um, so, yeah, while I was in Portland, and mind me if I'm sounding a little groggy, um, I have a deep voice as it is, but um, today I sound a little groggy. I think I kind of overslept a little bit today. So, um, but anyway, so Portland, um, Portland, I can definitely say, let me start off with the positive. Uh, Portland definitely have. Um, as far as like the aesthetic, um, goes, I definitely like the older buildings, you know, from an architectural, um, standpoint as well as, um, you know, the people there are kind of artsy, um, artsy, creative. Of course you have, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of, uh, probably the, you know, people from the 60s, the ex-stoners, um, and, of course, the cannabis industry is huge out there. Um, so you kind of get that that kind of, you know, vibe holistically um, in Portland. I will say there has to be something, however, um, <clears throat> there has to be something done to the homeless population. Um, there is... A lot of, when you go to, and, and mind you, you know, we were talking to, you know, a couple of natives, and especially, like, during, like, Uber drives, 
And, you know, they always say, well, you know, years ago it wasn't like this. You know, years ago it wasn't, you know, we didn't have homeless people just, you know, everywhere. You know, everywhere you turn, every block you um, walk down, um, there wasn't as many homeless people. And they think because, you know, when like the marijuana Marijuana laws, um, you know, were were updated and changed, and it became a lot more lenient for individuals to, you know, carry um, cannabis, um, carry it around or even use it. Um, the laws got more laxed, which made the police department get more laxed, and apparently they had... Um, Defunded the police department as well, so there's not a lot of officers you will see on the street. However, um, due to the high homeless rate, um, they do have kind of like these law enforcement um, officers who kind of stand on certain blocks in downtown Portland and they have on their little vests and they're they're supposed to be there to kind of, I guess, watch out for you know, watch out for any type of uh, potential crime that could happen or anything crazy or, you know, just there for the safety of the citizens, you know, the safety of the citizens of the city. Um, But, yeah, it was a little bit alarming. Now, here in Atlanta, we do have a huge homeless population, but normally our homeless population, um, they they are kind of... um, what I would say, they're kind of like gathered in certain particular areas. You kind of know where they are. You know, you have some that will put up, you know, put up their makeshift homes under bridges, um, things like that. Um, so they, they're kind of settled in just certain areas. They're kind of grouped together. So you know which areas they reside in which is a little bit different from Portland that I've seen because Portland, they are absolutely everywhere. Like, I really did not see an area. It wasn't like L.A. where you you know of Skid Row and a lot of the homeless people actually live on Skid Row. In Portland, they were kind of scattered about. They were everywhere. You could see them everywhere. And mind you, not only were they homeless, but you can you can tell that a lot of them – um, a lot of them maybe suffered from, you know, drug abuse, you know, those, you know, pictures that we see of people on heroin and meth and, you know, all of those type of things, how you would see videos of, um, of them kind of slumped over and bent over and just not standing upright and, you know, half sleep. That is what we saw in Portland. And I think Portland has a problem. Portland definitely has a problem. Now, mind you, um, I myself did not probably, you know, add too much positivity on the situation because next to the hotel that I was staying in, there was a cannabis dispensary. And of course, you know, I like to partake in, you know, gummy CBD, um, from time to time as well as THC because it helps me, um, it helps with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better. It helps my back pains. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted to just, you know, hey, 
while in Portland, do what the Portlands do. Hey, you know what I'm saying? So I went to the dispensary. I met a nice young lady. I forgot her name, but she was so welcoming, and she kind of helped me pick out. Um, I bought some what you call daytime gummies um, that were a um, couple of milligrams, um, but apparently too much of the milligram dosage was in there, and I, I'm going to get to that story here in just a second. Um, but anyway... So she helped me with the little gummies. Um, they kind of tasted, um, as far as flavor, peach mango. So they was really, really nice. Um, and then also I asked her, okay, maybe I would try chocolate. So um, we went to the fridge that they have in the store, and she was able to give me another chocolate, which was supposed to be, quote, unquote, a daytime chocolate, meaning that, you know, if you – if, if you use this in the daytime, it's not supposed to slow you down or just make you um, abundantly relaxed to where you're kind of stuck and don't want to move and just want to lay, lay around. It's, I'm supposed to be able to still, you know, have mobility and, you know, be able to go throughout my day and enjoy it, right? Um, so I bought the little chocolate as well. I think my price for both, um, I forgot how much it kind of came up to, maybe $25, $30 at the most. Uh, but, yeah, so I took it back to the hotel room, right? And so uh, me and one of my besties, you know, we were bunking together. Um, not in the same bed, of course, but we were bunking together. And uh, I'm in the room, and, you know, she kept saying, okay, well, me and my co like I said, she was there on a work trip, and I was just there just so I can, you know, visit her and see Portland since I had never visited Portland. Um, and so this was uh, kind of part one of my vacation exploration trip, right? Um, so, yeah, I had the gummy, I mean, the um, gummy gummies and the thing. And so she was saying, hey, me and my coworkers, um, you know, we, we're going to dinner, um, later we have reservations for this nice dinner place, blah, blah, blah. And I think you could kind of like overlook the city and, um, you know, she invited me to come with them. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know, you know, I'm all about eating. I, I love if those of you who may listen that know me, um, you know, I don't mind spending money on food. I'm one of those people if it's a nice restaurant and the food is the bomb, I don't mean I don't mind spending a hundred, two hundred dollars on food, just depending on what it is. I've spent that much on one plate sitting before, and you know I don't really mind because you know I I consider myself to have a very um, I have what you call an extensive uh, I guess palate. So there's a lot of different types of food. Um, that I like, I enjoy eating. Um, and sometimes, you know, depending on where I am, if I'm traveling, you know, out of the country or within the U S, um, sometimes it could become a little bit expensive, but Hey, it's all about just, you know, happiness for me. You know what I'm saying? And food made me happy. Um, so anyway, so I kept telling her, Hey, I'm going to go to the dinner with you guys. You don't have to worry about it. You know, I'm going to be ready to go, blah, 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 blah. So I said, well, let me let me take the little gummy, you know, so I could, 
just kind of get in my chill, relaxed mode so I could be feeling good, enjoying myself. Hell, I'm on vacation. I do what the fuck I want, you know? So I am, I took the gummy and mind you, I took one whole gummy, like one little round little gummy candy. And this was the peach, uh, the peach mango one. So I took that and, you know, I'm still about, we sitting while she's, you know, she's in conferences all day. She's at a conference. I'm in the room just chilling, you know, watching TV, um, you know, just doing what I do, right? Um, next thing you know, an hour passed, and I really wasn't feeling anything. I didn't feel any changes to my mood or anything like that after eating the gummy. So I myself, I'm thinking, okay, this shit don't work. Like, Portland, y'all got some, you know, this is beyond mid- you know, this this ain't hitting. I thought y'all supposed to have good stuff. But anyway, um, so I'm like, okay, why is it not working? So I, I decided to then get the chocolate, right? And I said, well, I can't eat an entire whole chocolate, but I'm going to definitely um, eat a piece of the chocolate, right? So I ate a piece of the chocolate. I'll say the next 30 minutes to an hour, Lord have mercy, I mean, when I say it all kicked in, woo, the buzz kicked in. I will tell you that I was, I was blowed, man. Like, I hadn't been that way in a very, probably since college days, excuse me, since college days, but I was, I was out of there, man. You're talking about daytime? Shit. All I can say was I was in that bed. My mind was racing 100 miles per minute. Paranoia was setting in. I'm just like, and then I have, um, I don't have a problem with flying on planes and things like that. But when it comes to heights in buildings, it, it definitely boosts up my anxiety level. And we were, I forgot what floor we were on in this hotel. I think it may have been 10 or 11 possibly. Um, however, my paranoia was setting in. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm too far high up in the air in this building to be this high. I was like, long as I just sit in this bed. Let me just sit in this bed. Do not get out of this bed. Drink some water. I'm like, all of this is going through my mind because I was just that blowed, right? Um, so by the time my friend came in from her um from her conference at the end of their, you know, daily conference, um, she came in and she just was busting out laughing, laughing at me because I was just so <laughs> I was so high and stuck, man. It was just so crazy. She was looking at me like, friend, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I am doing well, man. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am doing wonderful. I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm just stuck. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm not going to make it to this dinner. I'm not, please bring me something back to eat. I know I am not going to make it to this dinner at all. I'm not because 
one thing I knew that if I was to, first of all, if I would have got up, got up out of the bed, it would have taken me forever to put some decent clothes on. And then once we got out in the street and walking around to this restaurant, I knew right then that I was going to have, there's going to be some problems. I probably would have freaked out, you know, just because I'm in a different place, different environment. And, um, what the fuck? okay. I was in a different um, environment and everything like that. Didn't know where I was. So I probably would have freaked out for sure. So that's why I did not, you know, go to the dinner with them. But it was hilarious. I swear the buzz that I had, it didn't wear off to the next morning. I just kind of fell asleep. Well, she did end up after dinner. She did bring me something. I was able to snack on that a little bit. And then, yeah, I, I was crashed out um, to the next morning. Um, but anyway... Needless to say, I was able, I had, other than that, I had a nice little quick visit to Portland. Um, and then I was on my way to Seattle and in Seattle, I was, well, the plane, I was able to, um, you know, I didn't want to waste the gummies and the chocolate. So I did end up traveling with them. So I packed them in my bag and, uh, with no problem, I was able to get through, you know, TSA pre-check and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I brought them on to Seattle. And now this time I knew that, hey, I could never eat an entire one of the gummies. I would have to just kind of bite off half of it. So that's kind of what I did for the remaining of my vacation. Um, Seattle was a bunch of fun. Um, Seattle is definitely a much lovelier place than Portland, I would say. But one thing both have in common, they have beautiful mountains, um, there was a lot of fog and clouds, so I really couldn't get a, the greatest view of the mountains when I was up there. Um, but I was able to see the wonderful, you know, boat docks and um, all of the water and things like that, especially in Seattle. Um, I visited, you know, a couple of little monumental places like the um, spheres and the um, uh, what was that? What do they call it? The needle, the Seattle needle, um, kind of like a monument that sits high up in the air. I believe you can go to the top. Um, it's like a, uh, what they call it? Not a conservatory, but I don't know, kind of like a lookout spot where you can just overlook the entire city of Seattle. That was nice to visit. We didn't get the opportunity to go all the way up though, but that was fine. Um, what else that I did, uh, went nature walking, um, to the Japanese gardens. Um, oh, in Portland, I did get to visit a couple of, um, went to the Portland art museum, which happens to be Portland has one of the, if not the oldest, um, art museum on the West coast. Um, and it's one of the oldest art museums in the entire country, um, so I was delighted, you know, I am a fan of art as well, whether it's con abstract, contemporary, you know, old school, um, art as well, um, from Van Gogh, you know, people like that. So I was able to go see, um, this exhibit that they had, um, for the creator of, uh, this, uh, 
Pinocchio, the animated um, movie that they have on Netflix. Um, the guy who kind of designed the characters and things like that. Um, he had his own art exhibit there. Guillermo, I forgot his last name. Um, but it was a very, very nice art exhibit, as well as they had other exhibits um, exhibits um, for people to go and browse through as well. So I had a wonderful time out there. I went there by myself, um, just kind of, you know, walking around Portland downtown by myself, trying to dodge the homeless drunk, I mean, druggies. Um, but yeah, I had a nice time. Um, but yeah, in Seattle, we went to the Drake concert, um, Drake concert, sexy red Drake. Uh, let's see. 21 Savage, yeah, me and my cousin, I went to up there to, uh, uh, me and her went up there, and we had a wonderful, wonderful time, it was so much fun, we ate good, one thing I can say, Pacific Northwest, I did not eat one bad meal while I was on vacation, every place I went to, even breakfast spots, the food was the bomb, so thank you very much for definitely filling my stomachs up with some great grand old food. I appreciate it so much. Um, but yeah, I don't want to take up too much time of the podcast. But yeah, that's what I did. I had a wonderful time. Now I'm back at home. And hey, um, I will be up there again because I wanna go, um, I wanna go during the winter time. I wanna hit the mountains, do some skiing, some snowboarding, things like that, some other um, you just nature field activities. So I do plan on going back maybe in the next couple of months. Um, but we will see anyway. So talking about being zoned out, you remember, um, uh, my brief little, you know, um, my brief story about being blowed and high, um, after eating, um, gummies, um, then yeah, you know, we will be talking about today. We're going to be talking about Senate Minority leader Mitch McConnell, who apparently he just keeps freezing on live TV um, and just looks completely zoned out. And uh, we need to get to the fucking bottom of this and figure out why Mr. Mitch McConnell um, keeps freezing out like this. So um, on Wednesday of this week, um, again, during a press conference, um, we saw McConnell freeze about 30 seconds um, as he, you know, was kind of speaking with reporters. Um, and this was in Covington, Kentucky. Um, of course, we know that this is uh, like the second incident, um, which was uh, happened the last time it happened at the U.S. Capitol last month. Um, and so for the 81-year-old, you know, people are kind of worried. Like this is one of those things where – it's a lot of older gentlemen who have been holding on to these Congress seats for so long in these political positions for so long, damn near all their lives. And it's like, at what age do we tell them to sit their asses down? You know, we've seen Joe Biden himself falling off of bikes and shit. And it's like, okay, you know, the older they get, they're losing some of their, um, you know, uh, what they call it, cognitive clues, you know, the brain is slowing down, the physicalness, um, mobility is slowing down as well. And at some point, um, should there be a limit to how many terms that they serve, especially 
considering that a lot of these guys are older people, you know, and not everybody. I mean, even if you are someone who maybe, you know, is um, frequents the doctor, do your annual checkups, go jogging, work out in the gym, you eat well and all of that, um, regardless of if you still once you get to a certain age, it's like your body just does not function the way that it used to be. And so people are definitely worried about McConnell. Now, the freezing, um, I believe they said it's because of, as you know, um, he did experience some type of concussion um, recently, and they believe that this is kind of like the aftermath, things that are happening to him sporadically um, after, um, you know, suffering from that concussion. Um, his team believes that he's okay. I, I don't know, but, um, (coughs) excuse me. I don't think so because at the press conference on Wednesday, um, you know, a reporter had asked him if he was going to run for reelection in 2026. The reporter had to ask him more than one time and he kind of like gave a little quick little chuckle when it, but he paused And he just was staring, you know, staring straight ahead without saying anything. Um, Then he had one of his um, assistant, maybe. um, She walked up beside him and she, you know, whispered in his ear, did you hear the question, Senator? Um, Are you running for re-election in 2026? However, McConnell did not respond again. Um, And then the... Um, assistant or aide, aide is what they call them. I'm, um, then she told reporters, I'm sorry, everyone, we're going to need a minute. Um, and then, <clears throat> then a member of the senator's detail spoke quietly to him on the side, and uh, McConnell was able to just kind of whisper and answer whatever question that he asked, probably was asking, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, so, yeah. Um, So a spokesperson for McConnell's team um, told CNN that um, the Kentucky Republican um, felt momentarily lightheaded and paused during his press conference today. Um, While he feels fine as a prudential measure, um, the leader will be consulting a physician prior to his next event. Okay, duh. He needs to keep consulting. He does not need to be out here trying to speak on behalf. He does not even need to be in office at this point. He does not need to hold his his position. The man is, I mean, I look now, when I get old, do I want to be able to still work? Yes. I want to still be able to bring in an income. You know, I still want to work. So I'm not, I'm not elderly bashing here. However, if I know that my motor skills, my mental uh, mobility skills, if that is slowing down and is not up to par enough for the job at hand, then I will gracefully bow out. And I think this is what a lot of these older uh, politicians need to do. Um, it says uh, McConnell, the leader of the Senate Republican Caucus, um, he's been a leader since 2007. Um, he's, of course, as I stated, he's faced numerous questions about his health throughout this year. Um, again, um, he was treated for a concussion and a fractured rib, um, after he fell at a hotel in Washington, D.C. back in March. 
Um, after that, he returned to the Senate seat several weeks later. Um, so, yeah, he could possibly be suffering just, you know, just some after um, after effects from that particular fall. Um, yeah, so I would like to know how you guys feel about that. Do you believe that these older politicians need to continue holding their seats um even though they may be suffering from some type of health condition um will it be you know an early onset of dementia um arthritis or what have you like do you believe that they should still be sitting um yeah it should be <coughs> Do you think they should be sitting there? Um, but all in all, uh, Mr. McConnell, you know, I myself, I wish you great health. Um, you know, continue to live a prosperous life as much as you possibly can. Um, however, I do, um, you know, want you to just be real about this situation and, um, Hey, you just might just might be at that age now. You're 81 years old where you need to just kind of sit down and just live off your retirement sugar. That's all you need to do. All right. Okay. <clears throat> so, as I was saying, zoned out. Um I tell you what, let's talk about this with, um, and I thought this was kind of interesting. This was kind of interesting. Um, let's see. So another person that particularly, and I just kind of, I just thought of this literally like right now while on the past post, I mean, on the podcast, I usually have kind of like a little brief agenda that I write down prior to recording. Um, just to have some notes by my side, but this one I just literally just thought about. So let's talk about gunplay and his wife real quick. Um, for those individuals who may be familiar with the show Love and Hip Hop, um, especially the Miami franchise, or you may be familiar with the Maybach Music Group, which is a record label um, owned by um, artist uh, and entrepreneur Rick Ross. Um the rapper Gunplay has been kind of making a few of the urban headlines lately, um, um, you know, considering, you know, his past life with dabbing into uh, the drug cocaine. Um, so recently he was arrested for basically pointing a firearm um, at his wife and mother of his um, fairly newborn child. Um, apparently they got, the two got into an argument. He had been drinking. Um, she claims that he is back using um, cocaine and he was playing, you know, he was playing Xbox or PS5, got angry because he was making a lot of noise and he was waking up the baby, and she kept asking him, can you please quiet down? You're waking up the baby. You're waking up the baby. And he kept making a lot of noise. 
Um, he apparently got very, very angry, did not want to get off the game, and he ended up pointing a firearm um, to a prior, pointing a firearm at the wife while she was holding the baby. Now, gunplay, gunplay, you have always been a very um, transparent rapper, whether it in his music or during, you know, just during interviews, he would talk about his drug habit and how at some point, at one point, I believe he did maybe go to rehab, try to stop using, but apparently it may have kind of striked up again. Um, and it's very unfortunate because if anybody follows him, you know, once he met his fiance and they got married, you know, he was all about, you know, turning his life around at this point, becoming a better person. It seems as though he was headed on the right track. Um, he had always had a lot of previous legal issues, been, a, you know, been in jail a few times and things like that. Um, his music career, you know, it was kind of mid bubbling a little bit, but then he kind of fell off. We really didn't hear any more music from him, but he still maintained, I mean, maintained his relationship with the Maybach music group and Rick Ross. Um, and he was talented as far as the music goes. Um, however, it just seems uh, as though, you know, he may be just kind of going through, you know, going through the motions again. And um, unfortunately, this incident happened and he was arrested. I think he's since been released and they are still kind of going back and forth about what happened. He says, you know, it wasn't that serious, blah, 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 blah. Um, then another video has come out showing him um, a, on a different occasion. Um, the two arguing and he's holding a frying pan in his hand and basically he he used a frying pan to smash the um, flat screen tv on their wall so he's he's definitely spiraling out of control it's probably a mixture of maybe the cocaine and alcohol um or hell it could be just alcohol by itself um because i won't say you know i don't know what this man do for real so this is all alleged um, but it just seems from the videos, gunplay is kind of, um, maybe spiraling, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, it just seems like the last few years, especially since the pandemic, um, just our black men, you know, has been going through mental trauma, like mental warfare, and they just have been spiraling out of control. Um, but, I wish nothing but the best for gunplay. You know, hopefully he puts out more, you know, tap into the music side. Put put your frustrations and your thoughts, you know, let the music be your therapist. You know, put put some music out. You know what I'm saying? Um we don't want to see these things happening with the person that you love um and your little baby. Like we don't want to see these type of, you know, press headlines um, about you doing something crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like so now your wife is, is threatening to divorce you. She's filing for a divorce. And Hey, you know, as a woman, I can't really blame her. Um, who wants to be, who wants to live like that? You have to think about, you know, it's not only her life at this point, she has to, you know, be able to safeguard the life of her baby. You know what I'm saying? And, 
leaving you and divorcing you is 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 the you know route to take in this instance so you know unfortunately man you you're about to lose your little family that you were so proud about you're about to lose your family man because don't no woman wants to deal with this not in 2023 we don't have to deal with it and your wife is a very pretty chocolate girl you know what i'm saying so it's like it's she probably will not have a problem finding nobody else, but it's like, she loved you. She wanted to be with you. And unfortunately the shit don't went left. But anyway, so much for him. Um, on another note, I wanted to briefly talk about the, there has to, has been a surge of illegal streams um, when watching sporting events online, I don't know a lot of times when there's especially like if there's like an NBA game or a boxing match or um, I haven't really seen it with football, um, maybe UFC. But um, shit, it's so many websites that you can go to um, that will be streaming these events online. You have people in their homes who have like this makeshift bootlegged um, setup that they've created in order to play, you know, play the sporting event on their live TV, but have it recording for others so that they can stream on whether it's YouTube or, you know, their own personal website in this TikTok, I've seen games streamed on TikTok on people's TikTok lives. So, you know, Illegal streams is, is, is a very big thing. Um, however, it has basically um, become a huge concern um, for various sports organizations such as, you know, the NBA and UFC and also the NFL um, because with these live streams, they are easily bypassing certain laws and the people who are viewing them are not having to pay any subscription fee. Um, you know, you have like, you know, every major network now has their own streaming app, whether it's ABC, CBS, Fox News, BET, everybody has their own streaming apps. And most of these streaming apps are not free um, in order to, you know, look at current, um, especially live programs like in real time you have to pay a monthly subscription. So when people illegally stream these shows and events, um, they are, you know, doing it without people such as you and I um, not having to pay any type of uh, subscription fee. We're getting to view the same shit for the free ski. Now, I like to get some shit for free. I don't know about y'all. I'm not paying no subscription to watch a fuck-ass thing. But I can understand from a business standpoint um, by the sports organizations how they are losing out on billions of dollars um, with these illegal streams. So the takedown of illegal streams um, <clears throat> comes under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Acronym is DMCA. And... Um, they're sending out basically notices um, expeditiously 
um, that fans often get to watch a um, sporting match till the, all the way to the end before um, the DMCA, you know, snatches snatches the um, stream down. So it's like the NFL, NBA, UFC, they will, I'm sure they probably have a team of people that kind of surveys the internet to figure out where their shows sports games are streaming illegally and when it's happening live what they do is they will prop they will probably strike that particular video or strike that stream using the dmca law right and what's happening is that wherever this is whatever the show is streaming on whatever platform it is the platform even when they strike it with the DMCA is taking the platform itself a long time or hours in some instances before they even snatch the stream down. So by the time the DMCA takes action on that particular stream, the people that the hundreds and thousands of people who sitting there watching it, they've already watched the entire show. So it's like, <laughs> it was the purpose of the DMCA. None at all. So um, these American sports organizations, hey, they want that to be changed. Instead of the DMCA, um, the DMCA um, being processed expeditiously, they want it to be processed instantaneously or near instantaneously. Now, I don't know how every system or platform streaming platform is set up um is set up but hey i'm sure it's probably going to cost people like youtube and other platforms um it's going to cost them money to even probably you know re uh revisit and um adjust or make changes to how the dmca um is actioned you know, on these, uh, on these streams. So it's going to take labor hours. I'm sure they probably at this point, maybe do not even have a way to set it up to where the action can take place instantaneously. That means like immediately, immediately. Like as soon as I click the button that says, Hey, strike this stream. We need, they want it to happen immediately. They want it to be taken down immediately. Um, so, in a recent letter sent to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, acronym USPTO, and mind you, this is coming, from, this information is coming from um, essentially sports.com. Um, they reportedly uh, mentioned this. They also cited that the delay in the takedowns. Um, resulted in these organizations losing up to $28 billion um, when calculated in terms of potential annual revenue loss. Um, you got Adam Silver from the NBA and Dana White from the UFC uh, pushed hard for these changes to go through. Um, let's say. So it, they ask, why could um, the passing of a new law be fatal for a few? Um, it first came into action back in 1998 under the presidency of Bill Clinton. Back then, 
Um, the social challenges faced by these sports authorities were different, so no one could have foreseen the struggles of today. That's why the NBC, I mean NBA, UFC, and NFL want the law to become effective from this very um, moment. However, this possesses a downside. Um, the majority of small businesses, especially those in the clothing line, um, get affected badly due to the DMCA. So a change in the act may result in the shutdown of several growing startups due to intellectual property infringement. Um, on the one hand, it is necessary for those at the top to cooperate on this. But on the other hand, it could cause irreversible damage to some. The USA sports market takes a deep breath as they are about to enter yet another disruption. So what they're basically saying is, you know, a lot of times these illegal streams is just like you and I, if we were to go to the actual sporting event, like in real life, like we go to the stadium and we sit, sit down and watch, you know, watch the football game or watch, you know, watch an EBA game. You know, all of that is part of marketing and advertising. You know, you get to go see your favorite teams, right? And then you always, you know, most people like to have some form of paraphernalia of their favorite team. So they will buy, you know, clothing items such as sweatshirts and T-shirts, um, hats. I'm a hat girl. I love hats. You know, hats and things of that nature, coats, jackets, you know, socks. And if we, I mean, if the DMCA law then um, – is put into place, you know, to act instantaneously, then people who are platforms in these small businesses who are streaming illegally, um, again, that affects the advertising and marketing to thousands and thousands of viewers who tune in, who, again, have favorite teams, favorite um, sports athletes that they love to watch, and who also would probably purchase a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hat, and things of that nature. So that's why they said, you know, the clothing industry, especially those who suffer, you know, I mean, those who, you know, own these small businesses who sell sports memorabilia um, may be affected by, you know, the DMCA Act as well. So how do you guys um, feel about that? It's kind of like, I'm kind of like, you know, half and half, 50-50 on this. I understand the, you know, the need to want to be able to recover $28 billion that these sports organizations has lost due to illegal streams. But at the same time, it's like, how do you avoid it? It's, it's, it's almost impossible as long as people have... TVs in their own cribs, there can always be someone with their cell phone, with their iPad, sitting on a tripod, recording that same sports show from their television and streaming it on their YouTube channel or streaming it on their TikTok. So it's almost like there's really no way to avoid it except by maybe the DMCA um you know, DMCA, but we'll see how that works out for them and uh, see if any changes, you know, get made. 
I've been on this bitch for about an hour. There's been so many other things that have happened. Let me just maybe close out this hour. Uh, what else has happened? Boosie and his daughter going back and forth. She claims he's dead, be dead. She been she's been pissed off ever since he took away her um, BMW. I mean, not BMW, Mercedes car. He took it back from her. Um, I still don't really know why he did that. Um, but he took it back for sure. And, um, um, yeah, I don't really know what's their problem, but it's, it's so embarrassing. It's extremely embarrassing. Um, cause he's been going in on her talking about how, you know, her little ass, Go to go to like football games, and you know people told him she be fuck been caught fucking behind the bleacher, like all kind of crazy shit. It's like, oh my god, it, oh my god, this is too much. So Boosie, please work out this situation with your daughter. We do not need to be seeing this type of shit. This is absolutely too, too, too much. Um, what else has been going on? Erica Mina. Speaking of love and hip hop, earlier with gunplay. Um, Loving Hip Hop Atlanta has been um, on the air this new season. And Erica Mina and Spice from Jamaica, the Jamaican artist, they got into this argument. Apparently, Spice may have brought up Erica Mina's child, her son, her maybe her oldest son, possibly. But anyway, in retaliation, Erica Mina basically called um, Spice a blue monkey. This isn't the first time Erica Mina have called um, a woman of color a monkey. She's a woman of color as well, which I don't understand. But, hey, that all goes back to this deep-rooted sense of colorism that a lot of people have, and they try to um, not bring it out. But, of course, you piss somebody off um, in an argument or, you know, in a drunken splendor, you always tend to hear of individuals, you know, saying some colorist or racist ass shit. Erica Mina, you know, should she be fired from the show, kicked off of Love and Hip Hop? This at this point, it seems as though this might be her only check. Uh, but should she be kicked off for this statement? Yes, she probably should. Um, if it's especially a repeated thing that's been going on. Plus, she there was a video of her recently celebrating. Um, partying at an Atlanta club and she got thrown out. Something happened. She's standing up on the couches acting belligerent. And so, you know, the security guards at the club had to kind of manhandle her to kick her out. Then Zell Swag may have tried to jump in. Bambi may have tried to jump in. Saucy Santana walked out. And anyway, Zell, Erica Mina, and Bambi, they all were locked up for probably disorderly conduct. Um, I'm sure they're probably out of jail now, but it's just a lot going on with the love and hip-hop. I mean, their season is going on, and they're trying to drum up as, as much publicity as they possibly can. Hey, more power to them. Whatever you got to do. If you, if you, I swear, these people just do whatever they need to do. Um, they don't really give a fuck about making a fool of themselves in any capacity just so they can, you know, keep people tuning in to the season. 
um, keep their clout levels high and, you know, do what it is that they got to do, which will help them, I guess, keep a check, keep a little bitty check in their pockets. So I don't know, but some of this shit, a lot of this shit is just dumb to me and I've never gotten it. And even when I had the magazine, I would write about love and hip hop. I felt as though Mona Scott Young and the, the white guy forgot his name, um, who were the executive producers of the show, um, were definitely just, you know, just promoting um, bullshit and it's continued to be promoted. Um, I believe Mona Scott and them sold um, the rights to the show. If I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to lie. You know, I like to have my facts on this podcast, but whatever the case may be, it's still on air and it's still some bullshit. Um, and as well as Zeus Network bullshit as well. Um, however, you know, however, I don't like to say anything bad about a person without also lifting them up and saying something positive. Um, they did give, these networks did give, you know, a lot of just random Joe Blow, um, blue collar, former working nine to five stripper, ex-strippers, you know, gave them an opportunity, and that's a positive thing. That's a positive way to look at it. All of them were given the opportunity. They were able to just kind of change their lives, and whichever way they changed their lives, um, start making probably a little bit more money, gaming, gaining notoriety, you know. And so, hey, I do appreciate people like Lemuel from Zeus Network, Mona Scott Young, um, for giving individuals, you know, these random people, some opportunities, um, to change their lives. So whether or not they were able to change their life and made the most of it, Hey, that's on them. Um, but yeah, we've seen some great, great Cinderella stories come out of, um, the franchise. Um, one off top is definitely Cardi B. Um, she just did a complete, 360 with her life and see where she is now just off of having that, you know, being on the internet, doing her little videos, talking shit online on Instagram, getting an opportunity to be a cast member on love and hip hop. And that bitch ran with the opportunity and she made the most of it. So I can't really hate on that, on that aspect of it. So shout out to y'all. But anyway, it's time. It's time for me to get out of here. Again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate the love. Thank you for running my YouTube um, views up as well. Check us out there. Um, check us out on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, all of them. All of them. All of them. Um, but, yeah, definitely keep checking us out and um until our next episode peace out